Hello, Pavement Pounders. Welcome to the Harland Highway Podcast. Oh, yes, what a show we have today. Listen very carefully to the uh, the opening titles because it's the last time you're going to hear them. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that as we get into the podcast here. I'm Harlan Williams, your host on the Harland Highway, and uh, glad you're here. What an interesting show we have today. We're going to we're going to uh, read some mail. We're going to take some phone calls. Uh, I'm going to tell you about some interesting new features for the Harland Highway. We're also going to be uh, talking about the, uh, the horrible fake uh, missile launch alert that happened in Hawaii recently. In fact, Roger tells me we have someone calling in uh, to the podcast today, and they're actually suing the American government and the state of Hawaii uh, over the uh, false missile warning because apparently uh, this gentleman acted out during the half hour where he thought he was going to die and he wants to, he, he's ho- going to hold the state responsible for his misdeed. So we'll be talking to him. Also, North Korean news. We'll be talking, getting an update up from North Korea. And towards the end of the show, something very strange, somebody stuck a severed arm in my ear. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Get ready. This is the Harland Highway. Put on your seatbelt. It's about to get bumpy. Oh, how perfectly awful. I get my kids above the waistline, sunshine. When will they take the bandages off? We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Let us out of here! Please! Let me tell you, you're starting something here that that's what you should be frightened of. Oh, fuck yeah, bud! Just leave us alone. Sit down, strap in, and shut up. What's going on? What's the matter? I thought maybe if I could kill him, I could make him stop. My mother never breastfed me. She told me she liked me as a friend. Who are we? This is the Harland Highway. What? It's the Harland Highway. It's it's a cookbook. All right, let's, uh... Let's start the show. You can hear... This is one of my famous emails. I'm the only person on the planet that gets emails that somehow come out on paper. Uh, I want to read this letter from one of the pavement pounders because it's time sensitive, as they say. It's pertinent. Uh, and I have to I have to read this this email before uh, time expires. Uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, let me read it to you, and then you'll you'll realize the urgency. Uh, this is a uh, an email written. You can write to me at harlandwilliams.com. By the way, uh, it's from Jay Clark. Jay Clark. Jay writes to me and says, "Hey, Harlan, wanted to wish you a happy New Year and thank you." for all the content and joy you provide. Oh, you just warmed my heart. That's why I do it, man. Joy. Uh, I almost went into withdrawal when you were down in the fall. I know, man. That was that was crazy. My, my whole system just died. It, it's like I'd been using the same computer and system for like six, seven years, and it just, it just one day it just would not go on and everything just stopped and I was like oh my god 
Doesn't this computer know I have a podcast to do? Is it is it crazy? So it was a bit of a mad scramble. I had to update all my technology. I had to update my programs. I had to I had to get familiar with everything. I had to l- relearn some stuff. So it it was uh, it was a bit of a panic situation. And then in between that, I was touring. I was on the road. I was working. I was so ay ay ay. So that's that's you know I think we've been doing this for seven years or eight years and that's the, the the only time we've really been down for a long amount of time. So thank you for t- sticking with me. Uh, let me continue your your letter. Uh, Jay Clark says I'm seeing if you can provide a breakdown of your theme song. I remember you did it a couple of cycles ago and regret not asking about the last one. There's Murray from One Night in Bangkok, Rodney Dangerfield, the Canadian dude with the Go For A Rip song. Is there some Gene Wilder in there? Knowing you, there's some Twilight Zone. Uh, Would love to hear you talk about it. Would also love to hear Dr. Ascot psychoanalyze Corporal Major Sergeant Lieutenant Tom Dowdy. Oh my God. That would probably end up with one of them dying. Uh, looking forward to all the crazy stuff you have in store for this year. Your BC bud, Jay Clark. All right, BC, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, great province. Love my love myself some BC. Thank you, Jay. Um, and let me uh, let me break down the uh, the title sequence for you because here's why it's time sensitive. This is the last week. Of this title sequence. I put together a new one for 2018. And it's going to premiere on uh, the next podcast. Which will be the uh, first week of February. Or February. Or however the hell they spell it. February. Furby. Furby. Furby-erby. Whatever. Uh, so, so, uh, today is the last day. If you want to go back and re-listen to the title sequence, uh, it is the last time you will hear this one, uh, unless for someday I go retro and, and plug it in one day just for fun. But, uh, there is no Gene Wilder in this one. Okay. In, in the, uh, current and last, uh, playing of the title sequence, there's no Gene Wilder. Uh, there is the guys from Canada, the Taker for a Rip song. Oh, fuck yeah, bud. I just love that song. So I, I just, I just, you know, as a guy f- who's from BC, Canada, and as a guy who grew up in Canada, if you haven't heard the Taker for a Rip song, man, and you're Canadian, yet you're not Canadian if you haven't listened to it. I mean, this song is just so... It just drips of Canadian, like, hoser dudes. And it's just, I just love it. So that's why I wanted to put that in there. Uh, many of the lines are from Twilight Zone. You nailed it. The, uh, the it's a cookbook line. And, uh, and um, that's what you should be frightened of right there. That's, uh, that's from the Twilight Zone. Um, when, the, when the girl goes, what? That's from the Twilight Zone. Um, you, you nailed it with the one night in Bangkok. That's a song from the, uh, from, I think the late seventies or the early eighties. 
It's called One Night in Bangkok. I get my kicks above the waistline, sunshine. I don't know. That always, like, stuck in my head, and I liked it. Um, what else have we got in there? Uh, there's, there's a line where some guy yells, just leave us alone. That's from a great movie called Network. Um, oh my God. If you, if you've, uh, if you've never seen Network, man, that, that would, it's really reveling today. Actually, if you go back and look at Network, it's all about the media and the narrative of the media and what the media wants you to believe and the way the media manipulates and, and, and sometimes lies about things. And uh, it's a great movie with Faye Dunaway. And uh, even though it's it's like an oldie, it's it's like a hard hitting drama, and some great acting, and just it it's it's really a great great movie. I think it won a ton of Oscars back in the day. Uh, so so uh, just leave us alone is from the uh, the movie Network. I can't recommend it enough. You you'll love the movie Network. And then lastly, my beloved buddy, Rodney Dangerfield. I put him in there. Um, uh, my mother never breastfed me. She said, I just want to be friends. All right, all right. You know, like Rodney was an old buddy of mine. I did, I did a, a movie with Rodney. I was, I was with Rodney in his final days, in his final hours. I was, I was with Rodney in the hospital Eight hours before he passed away, Rodney Dangerfield, and just broke my heart. I was, I remember leaving the hospital room in tears and crying, and Rodney was not in good shape. And to see, to see a man who brought so much joy and laughter laying, laying in a hospital bed, unable to really communicate very well at that point, uh, just, I, I, even talking about it, it makes me emotional. Uh, so I put Rodney in there just cause I love him so much. And, uh, and that's it. The rest of them are all like twilight zone lines. Cause I, I love the twilight zone and the, the lines are always so dramatic. So, so there you go. Uh, Jay, there's your answer. And, uh, that one, uh, good timing with your question, because as I said, today is the last day you're going to hear it. I'm retiring it. And next time you listen to the, the Harland highway, you'll have an all new, um, a completely new uh, intro song. And by the way, if you're a premium member, you heard the new intro song like a month ago because that's that's one of the perks of being a premium member. I put stuff up for the premium members uh, before anyone else gets them. And for 20 bucks a year, you can become a premium member. Just go to the harlandwilliams.com website and go on the podcast page and you can become a premium member for 20 bucks, not only do you get little perks like this, but you get uh, you get every episode of The Highway ever recorded. Almost a thousand, thousand episodes. We're, we're at number 928. Can you believe it? We're going to be on a thousand soon. So for 20 bucks, that's a pretty uh, darn good deal. Um, and so there you go. There's the story behind the intro. I hope you like the new intro, which will be premiering the next show. And speaking of premium memberships, Raj, I think we got a voicemail from someone about the premium membership. Why don't we play that and then we'll jump into the rest of the show. Uh, thanks for your letter, Jay. Uh, have fun up there in BC and, uh, keep on pounding the Harland Highway. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Holland, aren't we supposed to, like, uh, 
renew the premium podcast deal or something? Or is there some fatal flaw in the app that just, uh, once you're in, you're in? Something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I need to get some sort of notice on renewal so I can at least then bitch about not having enough premium podcast episodes. Anyway, um, thanks, Spike. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So, so I, you know, sometimes you just got to give props where props are due. Brian, who I know him by name because Brian has been a fan of the podcast probably from right near the beginning. I'd say he's one of the top fans of the podcast and, and been a, a great supporter of my, my, my endeavors, my, com- my stand-up comedy and, and the podcast. Brian has showed up at many of my stand-up shows and sat right in the front row. And, and uh, what a generous, nice man. I want to I say thank you to Brian for being such a dedicated and supportive a uh, wonderful fan of me and the and the show and my all the things that I do and and to to show his true colors Brian uh, has been a premium member and I guess uh he just kind of uncovered one of the flaws of the premium membership is you know I kind of did a one time only you pay your 20 bucks and you're good to go you know, a lot of these podcasts, you have a, a renewal every year. You get it for a year, and then there's a, an automatic renewal service, and you pay another 20 bucks. And so Brian, who's always looking for ways to support the podcast, which I truly appreciate. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, he, uh, he clearly kind of exposed a flaw and also uh, kind of exposed a, an area where more income could be generated to help support the show. Uh, he didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, oh boy, I paid once and I listened for the rest of my life and I'm not going to say anything. But from the goodness of his heart, Brian wanted to, uh, wanted to make sure that I was somehow being rewarded or compensated for what I do. Which is not necessary, by the way. I've I've always maintained I do this for the love of it. And after eight years and almost a thousand episodes, I I think my point is proven. But that being said, if if ever there is a, a, a little way to make money or a little way to to throw some some finances towards the podcast, which you know isn't cheap. Like I said earlier, my whole system crashed, and it wasn't cheap to kind of get all the new stuff up and running again. Uh, but that's just, that's just part of, uh, you know, what it takes. And so, uh, and so I can tell that Brian in, in his subtle or not so subtle way is saying, Hey man, I want to support you. I want to, I want to, you know, can I pay 20 bucks a year? And that goes into the coffer and it helps cover the expenses. Well, Brian, that's very honorable and noble and generous of you and, and kind hearted and honest and all these wonderful things. So thank you for that. Um, I hope all the other pavement pounders aren't going, shut up, Brian. God darn it. We, we, we could have had endless Harland highway and now we're going to have to pay $20 a year. Well, let's face it. $20 a year. Isn't much. That's like one visit to McDonald's or two. 
Um, hopefully I provide you enough fast food entertainment that, that it's worth 20 bucks a year. But you know what, Brian, I'm going to look into that. Uh, you know, it, it probably is in all fairness, a, a good way to, uh, keep some money going towards the, uh, the podcast in a limited, uh, capacity. And also I remember, uh, years ago when I first started the podcast, I had a website where I had a donation, uh, button where you could, if you, if you felt so inclined and you wanted to throw some support towards the podcast without me asking for it or without you, uh, having to subscribe to anything or buy anything, I had a donation uh, button where if you wanted to do- donate $5 or $20 or a million dollars, you could just uh, do it. So so I remember Brian is one of the guys that kind of once again brought that up when I discontinued the website for the Harland Highway uh, because I was running harlandwilliams.com and blah, blah, blah. So, so what I've done is I've put up a new donation button. Yes, not asking for your money, but if you want to donate something to put towards the the Harland Highway, there is now a donation button at harlandwilliams.com. And that way it's no pressure, no guilt, no obligation. It's anonymous. It's and if you if you want to throw a few bucks towards the cause, then so be it. Uh, you know, me, most of the guys doing podcasts are making a crap ton of money off them. There, a lot of them are doing it to make money, and I've just kind of always been in the mindset that it's my way of giving back. Um, but you know, there's other t- days. If I'm being honest, I feel stupid because I'm not monetizing, you know, all this content and all the time and effort I put into it. But so I'm, uh, you know, some days I'm torn. But at the end of the day, maybe if I can do a little of both, then so be it. And that's why I've I, I decided to put up the donation thing. And if people people feel inclined and are, are happy and, and like what I do, then maybe throw throw a little treat towards uh, running the podcast. So there you go. Brian, thank you so very much. Awesome call. I'm going to look into the renewal thing <laughs> uh, against probably the wishes of some, but, uh, you know, like I said, it all helps. So, so uh, there you go. Um, you know what? Let's... Uh, I want to talk, jump to, jump to something that uh, just uh, fascinated me. Um, and it was it happened a few weeks ago. There was this, uh, this false uh, missile warning that came out in Hawaii. I'm sure you all heard about it. It was like a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And some nutcake who worked at the defense department or worked at the, some department of missile warnings or whatever, some nutty Hawaiian guy quote unquote, pressed the wrong button. And for half an hour, the whole, uh, Hawaiian Island chain was, was, uh, under the threat of a, uh, a nuclear launch from North Korea. And for all, for all these Hawaiians knew and anyone who was in Hawaii, for all they knew, they had a half hour to live. And uh, it just caused chaos and panic and pandemonium. And I was like, oh, my God. Have you thought about what you would do if you had half an hour to live? Well, apparently um, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of, 
had to face that. And apparently we have a guy here who, who, uh, who wants to sue the, uh, the state of Hawaii and the American government because I guess uh, when, this, uh, when this, uh, this warning went out, some, some uh, nefarious things happened with this gentleman. And uh, I, I, Roger says we have him on the line. We're going to talk to him about what the hell happened. Uh, what's who is this guy, Roger? Stu Stu Manning, guy named Stu Manning, and and what is he? Roger's in my headphones, gang. Hang on. He okay? He's just like a citizen of 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 the main island in Hawaii. Okay, lived in Honolulu. Well, I guess we can just get this information from him. We'll talk to Steve Manning of Hawaii, and apparently he's furious. He's throwing a lawsuit now after the false uh, missile warning, and uh, let's get it right from the horse's mouth. Roger, put put him through, this, uh, Stu Manning. Uh, hello, uh, Stu Manning. Are you there, sir? Uh, yeah, hello. Hello? Yes, Stu, how are you? This is Harlan Williams. We're calling from the Harlan Highway podcast. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. This is Stu Manning. Stu, uh, good to have you on the show. Uh, well, un- under the circumstances, uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Thank you for uh, you know giving me a voice, uh, able to get my side of the story out. Yeah, and, and it sounds like you had, uh, it's quite a story from what I understand. Well, you know, uh, the, the irresponsibility of the, the American government, the Hawaiian officials has really, you know, turned my life upside down, Mr. Williams, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I need some compensation here. I, I need someone to take the blame for this because uh, I think this is unfair, this is un- unjustified, and, uh, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't have my life just turned around because, uh, you know, some incompetent person over at the Department of uh, What Else, uh, you know, uh, you know, pressed a button and and you know turned my life around. What? Well, yeah, and it's I, I totally, I guess I sympathize with you because uh, what would any of us do under these circumstances, Stu? Yeah, exactly, and I don't think I did anything other than uh, what anyone else would do, and you know, so I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a victim here, is what I am. Well, let, let's get your story then, sir, because uh, this is obviously uh, a dramatic thing that happened. It, it's it's almost unbelievable in this day and age of technology that, that something like this could happen. Uh, it's, it's what you call a major faux pas, Mr. Williams. I mean, this is just unacceptable. I mean, you know, without, without name-calling, what kind of dimwits are running things? I mean, if this could happen, what happens in the middle of a real scenario? You know, if, those, if the birds are really in the air, uh, you know, now I'm going to be in a situation where, like, Oh yeah, right. The, 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 another fake missile launch. Uh, you know, let's hey, hey Billy, let's go play frisbee in the park. And don't worry, it's not real, right? And uh, yeah, I, I get it. It's like the cry wolf syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Except in this, in this case, how about cry fucktard system? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, if you could just t- trim the language there, Stu. We are on the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just emotional. I'm upset. Well, why don't you get to your story? What What happened? Uh, and why are you suing the government? Well, you know, because uh, they they caused me to do things. I mean, when you when you tell someone they've got a half hour to live, 
there's a chain reaction that takes place in the human psyche and you know these fools uh triggered me to do things that normally i wouldn't do okay can you give us an example uh still well you know uh, i was just sitting there you know watching uh television with my kids we were watching cartoons or something you know i, don't, I can't remember exactly and all of a sudden my phone starts blinking and i'm like Oh, what's this? I, you know, I thought it was a text from, you know, my brother or maybe, you know, my, 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 my dad was checking in or what have you. Okay. And uh, so I look and also like, holy shit, there's a... Again, if you could just watch the profanity. I'm sorry, but I'm like, holy crap, like, uh, there's missiles in the air. And I'm, I'm like sitting there stunned. I'm like, I've got half an hour to live. I've got, like, my eyes are... My life's flashing before my eyes. Wow, I can only imagine, and I, I'm guessing you, you know, probably huddled your kids together and, and started praying and, and telling everyone you love them. Hell no, I didn't, man. W what do you mean? I was like, I got a half hour to live. I got crap to do. Okay, meaning? Well, you know, I never liked my neighbor, right? So I ran next door, and I rang his doorbell. Okay. And when he opened the door, I punched him right in the face, man. Like, I cold-cocked that fucking guy, split his nose in half. Whoa, 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 Stu. Yeah, I mean, I just pulled back, and I, I gave it everything I got. I was like, this is this is like, you know, 32 years of you making noise at night, and, and you know, fucking your loud car, and your music, and the beer parties. I just hammered him, man, split his nose, and then I hit him again. I think I knocked a couple of teeth out, and then before he could hit the ground, I just kicked him right in the balls. I mean, this guy was in agony, man. Whoa, okay, Stu, see, right away, that, that's, that's not... Well, don't blame me, man. I mean, this is, the, this is the government, okay? I never would have done this had they not put out, you know, a missile warning that I was going to die in half an hour. Well, come on, man, I mean... So, after I shot his dog, right? Yeah, what? Yeah, his dog, you know, he's got this fucking dog. I don't know if it's epileptic or retarded or what. All it does is bark all day and all night. you know how many years of sleep I've lost to that fucking thing? Sir, if you could just calm down, watch the language. Oh, it's easy for you to say, Mr. Williams. You didn't have a half hour to live. Okay, I understand you're upset. So this dog, I mean, I went in after, you know, after I kicked the shit out of my neighbor, Dave Ellis, I uh, went next door, I got my shotgun, and I said, here, Barney, here, Barney, and of course, Barney came right up to the fence, barking the way he always does, and I just blasted some buckshot right through the fucking fence, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, man, it was, you should have heard it. He transitioned from barking to yelping in about a second and a half, man. It was fucking beautiful. I just saw his body, right through the hole in the fence, I saw his body blow across the yard, man. Okay, you know, this is, this is not sounding good, and you're, you're going to sue... The, the government? Oh, yeah, no, like I said, Mr. Williams, I never would have done this stuff. You know, had I thought about it before? Okay, maybe, but, you know, thinking isn't a crime, right? Well, no, it's not. Okay, so if you have half an hour to live and you got a lot of pent-up anger and aggression and, you know, bucket list stuff... Bucket list? Your, your bucket list was to beat the crap out of your neighbor and shoot his dog? Yeah, and drown his kid. What? What? Well, they have a swimming pool, and, you know, 
what's noisier than dogs, right? Kids. And this guy had one kid. I don't know if this kid had Tourette's or this kid had Asperger's or he was just a fucking asshole, but... Sir, the language! Well, this little prick, you know, he'd throw shit in my yard. He'd put a baseball through my window once, and I thought, huh, 25 minutes to live. Might as well drown that little fuck. What? what? Are you telling me, sir, that you went next door and took a young child? Well, he was 14. He's not that young. Still, a kid. You took a kid and you, 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 you put him in a pool and held him underwater? Well, I had to step over the shot dog first. Oh, my God. S sir. Yeah, I know, I know. I t I'm mad at myself, too, because I'm like, I should have maybe done this like 15 years ago, you know? I mean, the, the hours of sleep that I lost, Mr. Williams. Okay, this is just out of control, man. I know, and this is all on the government. And when I file my lawsuit, and when the judge says, you know, who's responsible for fucking your cousin, I'm going to say, you are. What? 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 Yeah, that's right. I fucked my cousin. What what are you talking about, sir? Well, you know, I think everybody, you know, come on, let's let's not play uh dumb here, Mr. Williams. Uh, I think in every family there's one hottie, right? What uh, one hottie? Uh, you, you, oh, oh, are you really going to play this game with me? I mean, between all the cousins and the brothers and the sisters and the extended family, there's always one hottie that you always had your eye on, right? Oh, my God, this is awful. So I'm like, okay, I got half an hour. I stole a police car, drove over to Janice's house, right? Who? Janice. Who is Janice? Uh, my cousin. Hello, she's only two years younger than me, man. She's still hot, even though she's in her 30s. Sir, this is... You stole a police car? Well, I had to get across town, man. Everyone was panicking, and, you know, people got out of the way of the flashing lights, right? Sir... And I had to get to my cousin and fuck her. I mean, I've had my eye on this chick. I, we've, I've seen her at, like, family uh, reunions. I've seen her at Christmas parties. Uh, we were at a corn roast once. She was wearing some Daisy Dukes. I was like, holy fuck, you know? Sir, you are not allowed to have sex with your cousin. <laughs> Man, what we did, I don't know if I'd call it sex. And she was complicit. This wasn't like a sexual attack or anything. Like, she was down, bro. This is what was amazing. Okay, my God, sir. So what I'm saying is I need to sue the state of Hawaii and the government and also my eighth grade science teacher. What, 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 your eighth, your science teacher? What, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you know, ever since I was in high school, I mean, you know, my science teacher, she was, Miss Mulvaney, she was hot, bro. I mean, who hasn't had a crush on a teacher, right? Oh, no. What are you, where, what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> you know... I had 10 minutes to go before, you know, the whole world was basically evaporated. And I thought, how do I want to go? Do I want to go huddled under a desk? Do I want to go laying on the ground? Do I want to go down in like a root cellar or something? Okay. And I thought, no, I want to go ejaculating all over my school teachers. T no, 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 no. You know, Stu... Please tell me you didn't do this. Well, who 
Okay. Maybe, you know, on this one, it wasn't complicit. Maybe, you know, I I probably shouldn't have tied her husband up. And What the hell? But again, Mr. Williams, you have to understand, this is on the state. This is on the American government because, you know, they planted the seed. I never, ever, ever would have done any of this stuff, man. And, uh, you know, I was just having a happy little day watching cartoons with my kids. And next thing I know, I'm beating the shit out of my neighbor. I'm shooting their dog. I'm drowning their kid. I'm fucking my cousin. I'm ejaculating on my science teacher's breasts. I crapped on a bun at Burger King. What? Yeah, you know, Burger King, man. You know, I, I just, you know... I've had some bad dealings at the drive-thru, you know, they get your order wrong, you, your fries are cold, you know, you ask for a, you know, McGriddle cake and they give you like a, you know, a sausage cake or whatever, you, you ask for a Whopper with no onions or pickles and they, they put them on, it's like, whatever happened to have it your way, right? Okay, so what, what happened to Burger King? Well, I had about four minutes to go, according to the government, and I went in and I uh, ordered a, you know, a Whopper, and I stood at the counter and I scraped all the shit off of it, and it was just a bun, you know, that's a pretty big bun for the Whopper. Okay. And, uh, you know, I built up a little bit of a, uh, you know, a brown trout over the evening. A, a what? You know, a loaf, man, I had a loaf ready to go. Oh my God. And so I'm like, you know, I've, put, I've paid a lot of money over the years. You know, I put in a lot of money to the old home of the Whopper, right? Okay. And, uh, you know, this time I really am going to have it my way. And, uh, you know, I got up on the counter and I squatted a deuce right into a Burger King Whopper bun, bro. Oh my, are you telling me you defecated into a sesame seed Burger King Whopper? Here's the kicker, right? I left the cheese on the bun. What the hell? Yeah, that's right, bro. I left them a shit McCheese Whopper, bro. It was unbelievable. You know, sir, I don't think you're going to win this lawsuit. Oh, really? Well, I think I am because I never, ever would have done any of this stuff if they hadn't told me I only had a half hour to live. Well, I, look, you've done a lot here, and, and I don't think other people have acted out and behaved the way you have, sir. I, I think maybe you're going to be culpable in all of these crimes. Oh, are you kidding me? Okay, so, so I'm going to... Okay, let me get this straight, Mr. Williams. The government tells me I have a half hour to live, right? I burned down three churches, and it's my fault? What do you mean you, you burned down three churches? You know what? I don't feel comfortable talking about any more of this without a lawyer. Uh, you know, f forget it, man. Fuck you. Wait, what? Hold on. Churches? What? You burned churches? Hello? What? Hell? Roger? Holy crap. What the hell? We interrupt this podcast for an important North Korean news update. 연습에 휴가를 좀 받았습니다. 아, 장관 갔나? 아, 그럼요. 
아, 소학교 다니는 딸까지 있는데요, 뭐. 아, <웃음> 세월이 빠르다. 예. 영남이가 우리 직장에 왔을 땐 애수이였는데. 자, 이거. <웃음> 가만. 영남이가 어떻게 사는가 가봐. 예, 갑시다. 오케이. 자, 보세요. <웃음> We now return to our regularly scheduled programming. All right, switching gears here. Um, let's uh, let's talk about something that happened to me that I never thought would happen. Uh, has anyone had a nub in their ear? Yeah, you heard me. A nub in their ear. This is something that I never saw coming in my lifetime, but uh, recently, uh, someone with a severed arm who now had a nub shoved it in my ear. I got ear nubbed. Very peculiar, very odd sensation. Uh, let me tell you the story. I was doing a, sh- a stand-up comedy show at the world-famous Comedy Store in on the Sunset Strip. And uh, I did a show. It was like a packed house. And I walked off stage. I walked out into the hallway. And there was a, a young lady there, probably I'd say about maybe 30 years old. A uh, little heavy set, charming, uh, lovely-looking lady. And she uh, was standing there, and she stopped me in the hallway and said, Oh, great show. I really loved it. You made me laugh. And I said, Thanks. And I I put my hand out to fist bump her. And all of a sudden, she kind of turned her shoulder towards me. And much to my surprise, she raised a nub. She she had no arm. From the shoulder onwards, there was about, uh, you know, nine or 11 inches of of a nub and she lifted the nub to shake hands and I was like oh and try not to make things awkward and weird I I first of all fist bumped a nub because I don't shake hands I fist bump I don't want to get the flu or the cold so I kind of felt like I was punching a girl in the nub Another thing I never thought I would do in my life, punch someone right in the nub. So it felt a little weird. I could feel kind of like bone and muscle and flesh, like there was still part of a bone, like just the very top of her bone from her shoulder still inside the nub. So I could see it and kind of feel it, and it was a little awkward, And but I, you know, I, I didn't want her to feel uh, uncomfortable. I'll be honest, I was immediately uncomfortable because I, I, I didn't know what to do. I've never been confronted with, with a nub like that before. It totally threw me off. And I don't mean it was, I was uncomfortable like repulsed. I was uncomfortable because it was unfamiliar to me. I didn't, what, to, what is the protocol for a nub shake? I, I, I've never really had to shake a nub. So here I am. Instead of shaking a nub, I kind of punched it. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, is, it, is she going to be upset? Did I punch her? Did I, did I fist nub her too hard? But apparently not. Uh, and she was all happy and giddy, and she goes, hey, would you be up for doing a picture? And, of course, I, I take pictures all the time with people. 
Um, so I, uh, I said, of course, let's do a picture. And then she, she threw a nub question at me. She goes, would you mind if we do like the Steve Martin thing where remember how Steve Martin used to put the arrow through his head? And I don't know if any of you remember this, but when Steve Martin was a stand-up comedian back in the day, he used to have it look like an, uh, an Indian arrow, like from a bow and arrow, an arrow, and it had a little wire on it, and he would put it on his head, and it looked like the arrow was, was going through his head. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I do this with all the other comedians. And she started, like, listing a bunch of comedians. And she goes, what I do is I stick my nub in your ear and then have my other arm coming out from behind your head, and it looks like I'm sticking my arm right through your head, kind of like how Steve Martin put the arrow through his head. And I'm thinking, you know, it's not like Steve Martin, but you're putting he put an arrow through his own head, and it was an arrow. You're putting your severed arm through my head. And it's not mine, it's yours. But now I've already committed. I told her I would do the picture. And the whole nub thing threw me off. So I was a little bit like caught in the moment. And sure enough, now I'm standing in a hallway. The doorman's taking a picture. I'm bending down. I've got a nub in my ear, in my, my, my right ear. And we're smiling. <laughs> And I got to tell you, man, it, I've had people lick my ear. I've had people give me a wet willy. I've had doctors pull clumps of wax out of my ear. I've had a Q-tip in my ear. I've stuck my finger in my ear. I've had bugs crawl in my ear. I have never had a nub, a human nub, a severed arm nub, a sweet nublin in my ear. Never thought that would happen in life, and it it was weird. And I'm, I'm not mocking this girl. I'm not making fun of her. It is what it is. It felt weird. Have any of you had a nub in your ear? You know what, Roger? Let, let's make this real question of the day. Hurry, hurry, lay it down. The Harland Highway question of the day. Have any of you ever had a nub in your ear? The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, just, just had to ask it. I have a feeling none of you listening have had a nub in your ear. If you have, I want to hear about it, okay? So it was a very odd sensation. It was fleshy. It was kind of uh, lumpy. It was hard because you could kind of feel where the bone ended, but it was also kind of soft and mushy. It was kind of muscly, like, like an oyster or something. And again, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just telling you how it felt in my ear. And it was kind of like cool, you know, you know, the temperature of flesh. Like if you, if you've got cold hands or or your, you know, your your feet are cold, the the nub was kind of like a little chilly. It was a chilled nub. Oh my god, it was weird, man. I I gotta say I didn't like it. You know, I'm I, it just it just felt creepy and weird, and I did not like the sensation. Okay, 
just being honest. I don't think, and I don't know if any of you would like a nub in your ear. Maybe, you know, maybe some of you have a nub in the ear fetish. You know, some people like to be licked in the ear, bit on the ear, blow in their ear, but I, I don't know if you want a severed arm shoved in your ear. And so, you know, I got through that. The picture was taken. Of course, the guy taking the picture is, oh, I forgot to put the flash on. Whoops, it's out of focus. Let's do it again. So now I'm, I'm doing like three or four. It's like I'm at a fashion shoot for Nub Magazine or something. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it was uncomfortable, man. But I did it. I, 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 I was a trooper. And, and then she showed me the picture. She goes, look, and sure enough, there's me standing beside a girl. And it looks like her arm is going through my head and coming out the other side. And part of me was amused and part of me was like, oh, God, just like kind of weirded out. But at the end of the day, I know it brought her happiness. And let's face it, obviously, she went through some trauma. I actually asked her before she asked me to do the picture, when she first shook my hand, when we first did the nub bump, you know, I don't like things being uncomfortable. So I just called them out immediately. And I said, oh, my goodness, do you mind me asking how you lost your arm? And she was very gracious. She said, yeah, it was actually ripped off in a car accident. Like someone was speeding by or it got caught in a door or something like that. But a car literally ripped her arm off. And I'm like, oh, my God. But, you know, I, I have to give her kudos for taking, you know, kind of a tragic situation and, and finding a way to make it fun and bring her some happiness and, and joy and maybe bring other people some happiness. Like she clearly had a sense of humor about it, which I think is a healthy thing. So good for her. And, uh, you know, I was just inadvertently uncomfortable because it, like I said, it, it's something that was just kind of thrown on me. I didn't see it coming. And it's whenever something that that's way out of your wheelhouse happens, your 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 natural uh, intuition is to be uncomfortable but uh we did it we got through it we had fun with the nub and uh so who knows if if you ever see my picture show up on social media or anywhere and it looks like there's an arm right through my head it's not photoshop it's not trick photography someone actually shoved their nub in my ear hole. Why, that's splendid. All right, that is splendid. I think we'll leave it there for the day. Oh, what a show. What a show. Nubs and, and uh, missile warnings and, oh, just what a crazy show. Um, before we go, a few announcements. As I mentioned, um... There is the donation button now on the uh, on the uh, home page of the HarlandWilliams.com uh, website. You'll see it's uh, the toll booth to get on the Harland Highway. If you want to leave a donation, you just go on and click a button and and decide how much you want to donate, and boom, it's done. Uh, goes to a noble cause. Um, also, uh, if you're on the page, you can see the download button on my homepage for my new comedy album. 
yes, crowd control number four. For those of you that love to hear uh, stand-up comedy live and in the moment, the whole album is just me going at it with the crowd. It's, it's the best of cuts from various clubs around the country. And it's just the gold moments when I have uh, interaction with the crowd and it's made up on the spot. And uh, it's total improvisation. People yelling stuff out and me reacting or me asking questions and reacting. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really cheap, too. I put the price down. It's like three bucks or something like that uh, for Crowd Control Volume 4. Uh, definitely good listening. I'm sure it'll make you laugh. And it's just, I, I think it's really fun just to hear uh, stand-up comedy happening in the moment with no preconceived uh, uh, notions, no pre-written pre, uh, material. It's just raw, man. So I hope you enjoy Crowd Control 4. Uh, the donation button, if you want to become a premium member while you're at harlowilliams.com, just go on the podcast link for 20 bucks a year and maybe longer until I fix it. Um, you get every single episode of the Harland Highway, plus bonus perks like hearing stuff before other members of the, uh, the Harland Highway community, uh, special announcements, special bits, blah, 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 stuff like that. So, uh, that's very cool. Also, uh, we have an app for your phone. If you go into your app store on your phone, type in the Harland Highway podcast. The app is absolutely free. You get the 50 latest episodes of the Harland Highway for free. And as I said, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, you get almost 1,000 episodes, uh, only 20 bucks. Uh, please tell your friends about the Harland Highway podcast. Uh, also been getting a lot of mail about, um, about uh, Puppy Dog Pals, my animated show on Disney Junior. Thank you, everyone, for watching and supporting and our second season is about to launch uh, very soon. I'll keep you posted on that. And also for those of you that went into the store at the Harland Highway store, as I mentioned, I do hand-drawn T-shirts. I just put them up and half of them are gone already. So people just love those shirts. I, I draw them myself. They're pieces of original Harland artwork. I draw them right on the shirt. There's only one copy. Nobody else has a duplicate or a replica. And I just put those shirts up, and and I think four of the the six or seven I put up there are already sold. So, if you want your own hand drawing, uh, hand drawn shirt, get to my store and order yours today. There's only I think three left, and I don't get a chance to do them that often. So. Uh, it's uh, in a world full of brand names. It's nice to have your own original. I uh, hope you enjoy. Maybe you'll see something there that you like. Uh, as I said, tell your friends to get on the Harland Highway. We want people to uh, listen and enjoy. And uh, and that's it for today, man. Uh, I hope your, uh, your 2018 is off to a great start. We're still at the very beginning. Uh, make sure you're, you're getting healthy, going to the gym. Make sure you're planning something fun to do this year that's out of the box. Uh, all that cool stuff. Okay, so there you go. Thanks for listening. Uh, and until next time, everybody, chicken chow mein, baby. You know, a loaf, man. I had a loaf ready to go.